That was so ridiculous. How, how does M. Night not age? I feel like every time he has a cameo, he looks younger than he did in the last cameo. <laughs> Sarah said the exact same thing after he saw this movie. He was like, isn't M. Night like 50 now? I was like, yeah, he's like 47. <laughs> he looks the same as he did back in like 99. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 438 with a review of Split. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we have we have made it through our crazy, epic, three-hour-long, end-of-year spectacular, and we're getting back into the regular reviews, bringing you... Just a nice, simple review of M. Night Shyamalan's latest film, Split. How are you doing this fine evening? Um, unless it's Stephen Miller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm on I'm autopilot. A, There's uh, no Stephen yes. this week. Yes, I love, love Wiener and OJ and, <laughs> and uh, American Honey was my favorite movie. And, and, and I, I love traveling. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm doing so well. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I never know what to say other than like, "How are you?" Oh, is it raining? Oh, it sure has been raining. It has been raining. We've we've had some pretty. Okay, so I mean, we are. You know, we're like 450 miles away from each other, but we're both in California. We're on the same coast. Have you had it where it's like it's not raining, and then suddenly it's the worst rain you've ever seen? for 30 seconds and then it's not raining and then you just get like another torrential downpour suddenly and then it's not raining again yeah it was doing that on friday and then on saturday it didn't rain at all it was like totally sunny and then sunday was just all day like flash flood warning style rain um in which i uh went to go see this movie and stupidly decided to walk to the theater <laughs> thinking, oh, it slacked off, and then midway was like, this is the the worst idea. <laughs> Did you at least me have a with, coat or an umbrella? Me, I had a coat, and I had a little tiny umbrella from <laughs> uh, the, the Daiso Japanese dollar store, and it was just like a, com- a comical, like, you know, event, I'm sure, if you people passing by on the street as my umbrella, you know, flipped up and uh <laughs> I was just like why did we do this? Ah oh, fucking split movie pass oh. nice yeah so yeah yeah did, did you get your whole movie pass situation <laughs> sorted out? No well we we went um because we were afraid it was gonna it was gonna block us out in the morning so we went to the theater uh like really early to, to buy the ticket, and that's when we, we were like, oh, we should have just driven because uh, it was raining. Gotcha. And then we had to walk back. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was um, that was pretty dumb on our part. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Yeah. Just like, I had another dumb thing regarding this movie, but I, uh, I have to save that for later when we talk about it in spoilers. 
Gotcha. Because there's some spoilers in this movie that uh, deserve to be talked about. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a thing where we're going to have to give like a little brief uh, talk about what we thought of the film and then immediately jump into spoilers because um, there's very potentially a chance that the there is a spoiler in this film that that may make or break the film for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think just the, the overall... Uh, yeah, just even the, like, just how the movie ends up, I think is, you know, I, I would say, you know, it is best to go into this movie as, as clean as possible. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know how far we're, we're going to talk in uh, non-spoiler territory, but, uh, yeah. yeah might, well, I might have to, might have to do, you know... My uh, <laughs> my very vague, very uh, cock tease rating, and then go into spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Um, yeah, so 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 let's go ahead and start off by playing the trailer for uh, this film, Split, and then we'll come back and give you guys a review. <clears throat> I think you have the wrong car. You've emailed for an appointment two days in a row. Tell me what's going on. I've never seen a case like this before. 23 identities live in Kevin's body. Did something happen? There's a flower on the pillows, a flower in the bathroom. Like, we're important. Who is that? Maybe she can help us. We're here! We're here! Don't worry. He knows what you're here for. He's not allowed to touch you. He knows that. Mm-mm. My name's Hedwig. I have red socks. How old are you? Nine. The human brain is the most complex object in the universe. The only way we're getting out of here is if one of them decides to let us out. Aren't you the clever one? Hedrick, could you help us? Okay. I have my window in my room. Maybe you could show us. Oh, that's here. Now it's closed. Now it's open. Did you think it was a real window? So you could leave? An individual with multiple personalities can change their body chemistry with their thoughts. Someone's coming for you. What will happen when he unlocks the potential of his brain? There is no limit to what he can become. Tonight is a sacred night. You will be in the presence of something greater. The world will understand now. The beast is real. He's done awful things to people and he'll do awful things to you. All right, so that was the trailer for Split. Uh, basically, it is the story of uh, this man who has multiple personalities um, all wrapped inside himself, kidnaps three girls, and they have to tr- try to figure out how to 
um, survive or escape before this mysterious um, 24th personality starts to manifest itself. Um, that's sort of the idea behind this film. Um, Carson, uh, what are you excited to see split? Uh... Yeah, I thought the trailer looked uh, good. I remember when it came out, I was like, "Oh, this is um, this is not what I was expecting it to be," because the 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 plot hadn't been revealed per you know, before the trailer. Um, and I was kind of coming off the visit. I was kind of just like, "Uh, like I don't know. This could be this could be not great," um, but. Seeing James McAvoy go for broke in this trailer, I think, got me really excited. Uh, and also seeing M. Night Shyamalan make, like, a real movie again and not a, a dumb found footage movie was also exciting. <laughs> so, yeah. Good times. Yeah, I mean, I I, I have sort of kind of just... I, I kind of now let M. Night Shyamalan properties kind of come and go. And, uh, you know, if, if it's a weekend where there's a lot of stuff, I'll sometimes pass on them. But if it's something that we can make time for, we'll go see it. Uh, so I, w- I wouldn't say I was um, really excited for this film um, at all. But I was at least curious how it was going to go. I mean, I um, the, the trailer itself at least seemed interesting, right? Like it, it seemed like a thing that, as you said, like James McAvoy playing all these different roles. It seemed like this could be... A, a fun little thing. I, I, I do still have a little bit of an eye roll when any trailer plays and I see M. Night Shyamalan's name. Um, but maybe may, maybe there there might be a way that M. Night can kind of bring it bring his name back and kind of make it so that audiences don't laugh when it, when it shows up on the screen. Yeah, I mean, he's always kind of had that stigma against him. I mean, I, I just feel like that's... Ha- when you become, like, as popular as he did back in the... back in his heyday... I mean, it like like anything that's popular, eventually everyone turns on it. Yeah. So um, it, it is kind of scary though when you think about it, like if, if there is a filmmaker who is exciting you, as they start to crank out things that you really really like and enjoy, especially if they have like a similar, not even really a similar feeling to them, but like a a just a a maybe a signature of that filmmaker. The more good films they they put out the more scary it go, gets to like walk into each film because you're like, I don't know if they can keep this up. Like when it, when it was like they make one good film, then it's like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'm excited for yeah. the second film. And if the second film is good, then you're like, oh, man, this guy's like really cool. I can't wait for the next thing he puts out. And then eventually yeah. you get to the point where like there's no way he can sustain this for another film. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and I, I would s- Go ahead. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, unless it's like a, a PTA or a Tarantino or a Scorsese, where it's pretty much guaranteed that the movie is going to be good. Uh, yeah, there's always that kind of. Yeah, there is that like, oh well, this could be the one that that that's. I mean, I just feel like I spent many years being an M Night Shyamalan apologist. I would say that like, you know, because after I guess the after Signs, I think it all that was when his name sort of was like, oh, like, this fuck again? You know, that it became <laughs> that, you know, like, with The Village and Lady in the Water, and then... Um, I mean, I feel like the only movies of his that I will definitely not defend are obviously The, the Last... Obviously The Last <laughs> Airbender. No, I would defend The Happening, because really? I, you, you I think it's... The happening? <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Um, 
Um, but obviously the last airbender and then the visit, I didn't, I didn't think the visit was, uh, I did not like that movie, but I think it's a step. I think it was a step in the right direction though, uh, in terms of coming to this movie. Um, you know, cause I just think that M night has like a, has a nice, has a cool visual style. Uh, he does a lot of cool things with the camera and stuff to create tension and whatnot. And, you know, putting himself in that found footage mold was just, to me, like, made no sense. So that was that was the big reason why I didn't like the visit. Um, even though a lot of people at at that time said, you know, oh, this is the movie, this is, you know, his comeback, like, he's back, and, like, blah, blah, blah. And, I mean, I think that, yeah, it was, a, I think, it, like I said, it was a step in the right direction um, for him to, to get his mojo back, I guess. In terms of that being his like first movie to be a, a hit, you know, since I don't know, even know, remember, I guess the village, um, but yeah. Well, so, so, I mean, since, since you uh, thought that was a step in the right direction, um, do you think that he completed or followed that first step up with another step? I mean, what did, what did you end up thinking about um, this film split? Yeah, I mean, I think with this movie, yeah, I think that if. If the visit is what it took to get M. Night back to the place where he was uh, when he was really on top back in the Sixth Sense Unbreakable Signs days, then uh, yeah, like I think that the visit was worth doing because I think Split is definitely his best movie that he's done um, since Signs, you know, I, at least the most, I think, crowd pleasing uh, and, and just overall entertaining movie and and it's i i you know i i i'm glad that 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 m night finally came back because i i feel like i've mentioned on on here many of times too that like i've been wanting to see him get back to those days where you know his movies when a movie of his came out it was treated as like an event movie you're like, well, if his name's attached to it, it's probably going to be good. Um, it's going to deliver something uh, special, and um, you know, it's it's kind of the it's kind of the same hope that it's kind of the same hope I have with Tim Burton. That I'm still holding out that he'll come back and <laughs> knock one out of the park one of these days. I mean, he did with like Frankenweenie, but I mean, like live action wise, like if he yeah. pulls out a, a Beetlejuice style, you know hit then uh yeah like that you know if, if m knight can pull himself back up i feel like tim burton could do it but uh yeah i think that the this this whole thing where he's gone back to like or he he's he's limited himself and put himself in this like low budget world um i think that's that's kind of revitalized his filmmaking sense and this movie um apparently I guess cost about nine or ten million. Uh, I mean, it looks it looks great. Uh, I mean, it obviously doesn't have the like super f- filmic quality of like his older movies, but I mean, for a, for a low budget movie like this, I mean, and that takes place primarily in one location. I mean, there he gets a lot of mileage out of uh, out of the the money in this movie. Um, and I think that you know, not to sound like a broken record, but like out of all the recent uh trapped in one location horror or thriller movies we've gotten recently this is by far the best one 
um, you know, 10 Chlorville Lane and Green Room and Don't Breathe and all these movies. Like, this is, I mean, this definitely, I, I think that, you know, it's, I think it's rare, at least nowadays, you know, to, to find at least myself actually wondering, like, where is this going? Like, how is this going to end up? Yeah. Um, and I think that the movie continually keeps like amping itself up. Like the more it comes, you know, the, the closer it gets to its conclusion, it keeps getting more and more insane. Um, and there's all these like red herrings and, and, you know, and, and clues as to what it could be. And then like, there's a reversals of that. Like he's throwing so much shit at you. Um, and it definitely went to a place where, you know, I was happy that it went to a place where that I did not expect it to go at all. Um, and I think that for that reason, um, it was awesome. Um, I think that, you know, the the best comparison, I think, this movie that I thought of for this movie was like a, like a Brian De Palma movie. Um, but specifically, it would make a good double feature with his movie Raising Kane, which was also about uh, multiple personalities. Like John Lithgow plays a plays a guy with a bunch of personalities, and one of them is is a woman. And you see John Lithgow dress as a woman and and be murderous. And uh, <laughs> but other which is awesome. But other than that, I mean, other than the the whole multiple personality uh, thing. Like that movie, Raising Kane is has a much different plot, but it's the same kind of thing where it's like they're using this very like absurd plotting, um, and and taking it, um, and making it sort of sort of mainstream, but not. I mean, like they they're definitely taking it and and, and kind of diluting it onto a a really entertaining, crowd pleasing level, um. And I think the best compliment you could give it is that it just, it refuses to be boring. Like, this whole movie is constantly just one-upping itself until the end, which, uh, yeah, it, it it's a really, like, <laughs> yeah, it it's awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I did have some fun with this film. I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, I think I'm a little bit, a uh, little bit, like pulled back from the level of excitement that that you had for it but i think uh it's definitely doing something interesting uh what it does well is is it builds dread in like a very very i mean that's one of the things that m9 is great about doing is you know just letting something slowly build over time and you kind of watch um like you understand that there's these multiple personalities and you know that they're that they're all sort of you know working towards something right like they keep referring to um you know these girls have been taken to prepare them for somebody who's coming and 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 you know they're they're that stuff i'm sort of like i kind of could assume from the trailer where that all that aspect was going to go but what was really the most uh like dread inducing thing is that you know th- this we we find out that he's diagnosed with 23 different distinct personalities and each one is some sort of mix of of in in this story, the the identities all seem to be aware of them each other, right? Like they have this idea of them all yeah. sitting in a room 
and there's a chair in the center of the room that is in the light and whoever's in that chair at that moment is the one controlling Kevin or whatever his name is. Um, and there's, there's a sense that like some of them are good and some of them may not be so good. Um, but the question is, do they all, are they all aware of the interactions that they have or are they only aware with the interactions if one of them tells the rest of the group, right? So like there's, there's an interesting dynamic of, you know, some seem nice or easy to deal with and others seem like mean and threatening. But when you're interacting with them, you have no idea how the person in this body is going to react because you don't know who you're actually speaking to at any given moment and what side that person is on. So there's a lot of great scenes where, um, you know, the, the, the lead girl is trying to interact with Hedwig and, and like try to try to help get him to help them, but without like straight up saying, Hey, can you help me? <laughs> and like, there are just moments, uh, um, where the tension builds in a really, really nice way. And you're kind of like, even when he's, um, when he's being challenged by the, uh, the psychologist, um, those scenes are really great too, because I mean, she's just, she's like an old woman <laughs> and she's yeah. sort of, uh, challenging him in a way that is frustrating. Right. And you know that the person she's talking to could potentially be dangerous. So it's like, there's, there's just a level of dread of like, Oh, what, what is he going to do if, you know, like if, if he gets really angry at this, this moment. Right. So there's, um, there's a lot of interesting things that it's doing there. Um, on the whole, I kind of didn't like the three girls that are kidnapped. Um, they're not, not them specifically, but I just feel like their characters aren't written that interestingly. Right. Like they're just like, Oh, you're stupid. We got to beat this person up. And then it's, I mean, the story isn't really about them. It's, it's all about, uh, Kevin and all these personalities that reside within him. But yeah, I so just some of the interactions with them were super weird and and they seem like there's there's weird things with like the you know you know the one one of the personalities has OCD and the girls keep getting random garments of clothes dirty and they keep removing them and it's like it feels really weird because in, in a normal context of a horror film, you're like, oh, I get it. They're just trying to get these girls half naked because that's what you do in a horror movie. But, like, there's elements of the story where they need to point out that the one girl wears a lot of clothes <laughs> and the other ones don't. So it's like there's just weird things in the plot that, like, you're just like, why, why, are, you, why are you doing this? It makes no sense. Um, and so there's, like, a bunch of weird little things in the film that that kind of – stand out and kind of like make me wonder why we're watching different things. But I think on the whole, I had fun with it. And, uh, you know, I, I text you like literally as the credits were rolling, I pulled up my phone and <laughs> text you and I just went like, ha 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 Split just ended. <laughs> yeah. Big all caps. Ha ha ha. <laughs> because I think that if this film would have ended when the, the technical story sort of resolved, I would have just been like, eh, it was kind of an all right film. <laughs> but like by the time the credits roll, I'm just in awe at <laughs> the balls that M. Night Shyamalan has <laughs> to kind of do what he tried to do with this movie. Um, and that is something that we'll talk about in spoilers. But yeah, yeah. this is a film that like I, I appreciate a lot more than I necessarily liked it. Um, but I did have a lot of fun with it. Um, well, I thought the three girls were, I didn't have any problems with them. I thought the, well, the main girl, the girl from The Witch, uh, she, I thought was really good. Um, 
and I thought that her character is obviously the most developed. Um, and I thought that the, the the flashbacks and insight that we get uh, regarding her were pretty good. Um, you know, and I liked that she was she wasn't you know she wasn't like this whiny brat who you know was forced into this you know got got into this situation and was just like oh, like I don't know what to do. Um, you know, she was very like, like straightforward and, you know, pretty, pretty strong minded and, and was like, all right, like, you know, (laughs) instantly went into survival mode. It was like, what are we going to do to, to get this shit done? Um, so I, I liked that aspect that her character was like that. And, um, the other two girls obviously were kind of just there for, (laughs) you know, uh, you know, they were just, they were just there. I don't think that, you know, their purposes weren't as well served, but, uh, and, and I will agree that some of M. Knight's dialogue, especially when it comes to, to teenagers and stuff can be kind of cornball. But I mean, I thought the, I thought the whole opening sequence was really well done. I, I like that it just kind of started. Um, oh yeah. That, that was like, as soon as they were walking out to the car, I was like, oh, thank God, they're just going to get into it. Like right now, this yeah. is awesome. Yeah, like I'm glad there wasn't a whole lot of buildup before that scene. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that they just dive right in. Um, and you know, I don't, you know, I don't think it really mattered that we didn't get a whole lot of character development with the other two girls. Um, you know, because I think the Casey was the the main focus, other than you know, than James McAvoy. But um, but I thought like the whole the whole like you know them in their underwear was that like one of his personalities, the the one who kidnapped them was like the one who liked watching young girls dance in their underwear. Like that know, was one, the, one, one of the personalities was, but the one that kidnapped them was the one who has the uh, the OCD, right? Like, but so, so, so here's an oh, example. Dennis, of that. Dennis was the one who had OCD. And he was like bleeding into all the other, yeah, yeah. But like, but here, here, here's an example, right? So when when they first arrive, um, he grabs he you know he uh, whoever is is currently occupying the body grabs the 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 one girl and tries to take her in the other room alone, right? And then right. our our hero uh, female lead goes, "Hey, pee on yourself," because she I we're I assume we're supposed to understand that she realizes that he has OCD and if she pees on herself then he'll think that's gross and he won't be able to do whatever he's about to do to her behind that door right and then so she goes in there there's a bunch of screaming he throws her back in the room and we see that she's peed on herself and then she says he wanted me to dance for him but like Mm. that scene is all nine seconds long there like he drags her into the room and then immediately throws her out like there wasn't long enough for there have been a scene where he transferred into the other personality and then creepily asked her to dance for him, right? Like, she's not half n- naked and upset that, like, he told her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's – we hear people reference that he's into that sort of thing, but, like, we never actually see that. And, like, it's just – it seems like a bunch of ideas thrown together in a way that makes you creeped out that this guy has really bad personalities um, in him. But it just felt, it never felt like any of them really jived with what's going on. And it's like, you know, we're spo- like, like I said, like when the one the girl says, uh, hey, pee on yourself because that'll, that'll protect you from this, from whatever's about to happen. 
that's the only time we see her act truly, quote unquote, smartly, right? Like that, it's almost like that's trying to establish that she's, she's quick on her feet and can think of things and understands what's going on in the situation. But then like we don't really return to that. Like they don't do anything to make themselves more dirty to prevent anything bad from happening again, right? Like if the one character did that and it did really save the other girl from having to dance, um, would they not like purposely dirty themselves up <laughs> like the next time he left the room, right? That, like there's, it just seems like a bunch of ideas that are supposed to sound like the girls are acting in a really smart way. But like once they establish the idea, they sort of just abandon that and it's not important because they're not really going to use that. I mean, yeah. Well, first of all, it's funny because I stupidly, uh, I remember when the, she peed on herself, but I, I completely missed the part where the main girl told her to do that. Um, <laughs> the, the line, I guess. Um, and, and for some reason, I don't know why I just thought that, that Dennis and the guy who, the, the personality who liked seeing young girls dance in their underwear were, were two different personalities, but that would make obviously more sense that they weren't because Dennis was obviously uh he was one of the main ones yeah um, and, and and I guess I thought there were two different personalities too but there is that scene where he apologizes to them and says that the 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 female personality informed him that he's not allowed to touch them so I guess right, they are right. the same personality yeah but I mean really it didn't matter because the the portrayal of of you know i mean obviously these are like real life illnesses but they're not like portrayed they're portrayed in like movie life which is like not anything close to i mean there's obviously a lot of liberties taken with with all the stuff they had that's why it's hilarious that people are like it's mental illness shaming it's like fuck you it's a movie like well, it's like, also the it's, the interesting thing too is I, I I was under the impression that like with dissociative identity disorder that the identities are not often aware of each other. Yeah. And no, like I the, think that that obviously the the movie takes you know you know liberties with these with these real illnesses to you know conform it into its own you know to make it into its own thing. I mean, and I I think that's, you know, that's fine. I mean, whatever. I don't think that that was anything that, you know, that wasn't anything that bothered me. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I I just mean that, like, in general, like, I I think it's... Yeah. I think enough stuff is wrong with the description of what he has that it's not too problematic. But what do I know? No, I mean, I just, I mean, I do think it's funny that it's like the same people who, I mean, it's just like anything now that anything can become upsetting to people. But, uh, I mean, it's just like the accountant, too, with how that was like supposedly exploiting people with autism. But it's like, again, this is all like made up stuff, you know, like it's not real. <laughs> In the context <laughs> of the film, it's made up stuff. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, you know, it's not anything it's like that's why they have that notice at the end that says like these are not based on real you know people living or dead it's all it's all fictitious you know yeah, but, but every every movie has that at the end of it 
yeah, even movies I mean, that are based on a true story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. But I mean, I ad- I admire the fact that that Sh- Shyamalan always kind of takes these these very uh, dark and depressing real life things um, and, and and uses them and creates this you know. Uh, this this very heightened reality uh, in his you know horror world because I mean there's obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of messed up stuff going on you know in, in this movie and if you look back in a lot of his other movies too um, but you know it's not to the degree of something like you know the purge or or a sinister where it's like you just feel just like icky watching it um, you know or just just depressed. Um, cause I think that the, the world that he establishes is obviously a very, you know, non-realistic world. So you're, you're, you have that, it's not, you know, you, you're not getting that feeling of like grimness with it. Um, but the stuff, you know, related to, uh, the main female character, I thought there was a lot of dark stuff there too, um, that was used to, uh pretty good effect you know later on in the movie yeah uh, yeah and um i uh i think this is uh <laughs> i think this movie has my favorite of uh of m night's cameos as uh <laughs> as the the video dude <laughs> and credited credited as jay hooters lover <laughs> That was so weird. Yeah, how how does M. Night good. not age? I feel like every time he has a cameo, he looks younger than he did in the last cameo. <laughs> Sarah said the exact same thing after he saw this movie. He was like, isn't M. Night like 50 now? I was like, yeah, he's like 47. It was, at first, he I looks was the like, same as he did back in like 99. No, like I, I remember his, he, he looks like the son of his character from Signs. <laughs> like, like how does how he, he look yeah. younger than he did back then? I don't know. He's got those. He got the good genes. I don't know. Apparently, he's an age bender. Yeah, he's bending those ages. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's, let's talk. Let's talk some more about uh, James McAvoy and and just his performance in general. Oh yeah. Like, like I mean, some of the some of the characters he's the characters that he's playing or the personalities that he's playing are are sort of comical, right? Like they're they're kind of over the top. Um but there are some pretty great moments where he's sort of uh where he's 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 playing one personality mimicking another personality and just like as those facades like break down, watching him there, there there's a shot in and it's in the trailer too where where it's like he he's He's smiling and the smile, like he gets this twitch in his eyebrow as his eyebrows kind of get this angry face and he's sort of like just breaking from one personality to the other. And um, there's moments like that that like are are great. And like it's, um, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed watching him, etc. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like he, it's a, like I said, it's like, like a go for broke performance. I mean, he really is uh, all in on this, on this movie. Um and as fantastic as he is, um, you know, not it's not his fault and it's not the movie's fault, but this movie is, at least to me, one of the biggest cinematic what-ifs because M. Night originally wanted to Eddie reteam... <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty funny, too. But he originally wanted to reteam 
with Joaquin Phoenix for this movie, and that would have been insane. Like, I couldn't help but think of the whole time uh, of, of what Joaquin Phoenix would have been like in all these parts, because I think that would have been pretty awesome. But like I said, that's not James McAvoy's fault. He still uh, gets the job done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think the fact making just keeping him bald was made his character like even creepier. (laughs) What do you have against bald people, Carson? No, but I'm just saying like that was clearly like he he had just got done shooting like the last X Men. And it was like, there was probably like a discussion of like, should we put him in a wig or not? And oh, I gotcha. feel like, you know, I feel like the decision of keeping him bald for this movie, even when he's like switching up, you know, the different costumes for all the personalities and stuff, I think was a, ended up being like a kind of like a happy accident because it it made, it kind of made it like, I mean, especially when he's dressed up as like the woman and he's just, you know, like it just, there's like an extra layer of like, of creepness to it, I think. <laughs> so, okay, so here's a question about him dressed as the woman. Um, I mean, it, it's a predominant thing in the trailer, right? Like that that's the big twist moment in the trailer yeah. is that they, the girls start screaming because they see a woman standing outside the door and they think that maybe she is unaware of the fact that some man just captured them and shoved them in this room. But then when the yeah. door opens and it's him, like in the trailer, you're supposed to go like, oh, shit. Um, my theater uh, got that really uncomfortable, nervous laughter that some people do when they're confused oh, about what they're saying right. on screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 was, it was like the, uh-huh. What? No. What? Why is why is he in the? Oh shit! Something's wrong. <laughs> it was it yeah. was it it was almost funny to see the reaction, but I also couldn't get over the fact that I was like, you guys know what movie you came into, right? Like you've seen this trailer before. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. That I feel like that always happens. I can't remember what movie it was, but I had the same reaction where I was like, don't you know? Like this was in the trailer. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember, but. Uh... That always happens. I feel like I always call it, you know, it's like the it's the rape goblins laugh, like the Patton yeah. Oswalt it's, bit. <laughs> it's, it's the sa- it's the same exact nervous laugh that I heard during Neon Demon in the mortuary scene. Exactly. Like anytime there's like uh, like a sexy times or like nudity or you know like the uh, the the moment in the horror movie, like you said before the jump scare or something like the, that nervous laugh. It's like I, it's weird how people like can't internalize it's like it's just like it, it's a man's penis like you haven't seen that like i don't it's it's you know like it's just weird it's like sexy times uncomfortable <laughs> i have to laugh like it's just it doesn't make sense to me but you know what are you gonna do i don't yeah. know yeah there was there was no nervous laughter in my theater but there there was some cheering at the end of this movie though yes uh, yes um <laughs> There was definitely cheering. There, there was a mix of what and and oh my god and me just shaking my head and like internally golf clapping. <laughs> <laughs> slow clap, slow clap for you, sir. But uh, but but yes, yeah, so let's uh, let, let's go ahead and just do a quick verdict real fast, and then we can get into spoilers and talk about uh, that thing. Um, so. Carson, if you were going to give it a say, must see, I reckon with the caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with the caveat, or a must avoid, what would you give it? 
You know, I'd give it a must-see. I think that uh, this month... This month alone, we've had a new M. Night Shyamalan movie, a new Underworld movie, a new Triple X, and a new Resident Evil. I'm pretty convinced that it's actually 2007 and not <laughs> 2017. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I would give it a must-see. All right. Uh, I'm going to give it a record with a caveat. Um I, like I said, I'm a little less stoked on it than Carson was, but uh, I definitely had a good time with it. And um, yeah, M. Night got some balls, man. <laughs> We're going to talk about it in just a moment. But um, yeah, I this is a film that I just walked out like kind of laughing, <laughs> just like, and not in the it's so bad it's good kind of way. I was laughing and just like, I can't, I can't believe like <laughs> the gall, the gall of a person. What um, a twist! <laughs> yeah this this is the only film where like yeah well i mean we'll, we'll talk about it in just a moment um but yeah so there you go a must see and a reckon with a caveat from us um we are uh yeah, i mean i'll do the normal sign off and then once we're done with that um you will be able to hear us talking in detail about that little thing that happens right at the very 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 end of this film um so carson hates the internet and doesn't use it, so you can't find him. Um, but you might find him uh, as one of the personalities of, of Kevin <laughs> hanging out, talking about what he's got going on, um, yeah. showing off the patterns of the new clothes that he's been designing. Oh, um, yeah. But me, you can find over at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Uh, music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Split, so hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yeah. Uh, music is going to fade up momentarily, and then when the music goes away, we're going to be in full-blown spoilers, so you should go check out the movie, and then come back and listen to that talk, because some crazy shit. Okay, we are back, and this is for the territory for this episode where we re- reviewed Split. Um, we are talking full-blown spoilers. This is a sort of a pretty big deal here, so if you haven't seen the film yet, um, you're going to want to just go do that, come back, because we're going to talk about something crazy, and that is the fact that this film, this little film about a man with a multiple personality disorder, is actually the, is actually the origin story for... A potential villain for the uh, Unbreakable series. Um, yes. Right at the very, very tail end of this film, um, <laughs> we get the reveal that uh, this happens in the universe of Unbreakable, which, it, like, literally, no joke. I just, I just, I shook my head in that like nodding uh, acknowledgement <laughs> kind of way, where I'm just like, you. Son of a bitch. I cannot believe you just did that. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, that it's it's kind of amazing. The, the, the fact they're going to like start making these films and try to like bring yourself back from the grave, the filmmaking grave. 
and not only do you do you, do you start trying to make things that that are potentially more more interesting than some of the really bad films you made, but then now you just tie back this film right at the very end um, to one of your loved properties is uh, it's kind of badass, and uh, I really appreciated it. Yeah, it, it it was super badass. Um, like I love Unbreakable. Like that's definitely my favorite M Night movie. Um, and I think this is why, uh, like I was super stoked on it because like I've been waiting to see a follow up to Unbreakable. M Night's been teasing it for years, ever since the first one came out. Um, and I I've pretty much figured, you know, after a while, I was like, well, this is just a a pipe dream and uh especially after you know like airbender and stuff it's like i don't want to see him make an unbreakable sequel because it's going to be ass um and uh but now um and especially this i was like i mean there was no better way to i mean not only to as to act as like a uh, like a really pleasant surprise to your already you know good like a standalone horror movie, um, but um, yeah, like it obviously just you know brings it back and kind of reintroduces that movie because there's obviously a lot of people I I saw online. <laughs> Someone said there was like teenagers walking out of the theater going like google mr glass (laughs) because obviously teenagers now they weren't even born when the first movie came out so um yeah so they probably were like what like um and then sarah even said there were like older people in her bathroom who were just like why was why was bruce willis there like i know he i know he was i know he was in the sixth sense so they were like extra confused because I guess they thought he was his character from The Sixth Sense or something. <laughs> um, so, so uh, but man, like, so first of all, I, I referenced in the beginning of this, I stupidly was on IMDb looking up, trying to look up something else. And I got on the IMDb trivia page and I went, I scrolled down too far and went past the the warning spoilers below and saw that Bruce Willis made an appearance as his character from Unbreakable at the end of this movie. I was like, what? I was like, <laughs> no. Um, Cause I was like, well, can't unsee that. And then I was like, well, that's gotta be fake. Like that's stupid. Um, and then um, since, <laughs> since Sarah had, uh, she, before she sees horror movies, she has to read the plot synopsis because she gets too exasperated watching these horror movies. She has to know where it's going. So she had already spoiled the whole movie for herself. So she confirmed that, yes, it was true. And I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, I wish I hadn't seen that. But then I was also like, oh, shit, because it's, like, I thought, my first reaction was, like, he's going to show up and, like, save the girls Kind of like how he did in Unbreakable, like he saved those girls in the house. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I was like, "Oh shit, that's gonna be so cool." So then, like, you know, it was kind of kind of sucked that like I had that ruined, but like I was still 
it almost made me want to, it almost made me anticipate it even more because I was like, how does this fit in to this movie? Um, and then watching the movie, I will say that the, you know, it's a testament to this movie that it still plays having known that that's at the very end. Obviously I didn't know like, you know, the context of the cameo. So I was still wondering how it was going to link up to that. Um, but so anyway, like, you know, it's a testament to how strong the movie is because, you know, like I said, I still had no idea where it was going because there are all these things that Shyamalan kept throwing in. Um, and I think that the the evolution of the James McAvoy character is really <laughs> is really something because he basically turns into M. Night's version of an X-Men character. <laughs> and well, no, so, 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 so here's the thing. Here, here's the journey that I went on. Um, like, because I understand, like, the way that M. Night builds his films and the way there's got to be this twist, right? And I also never avoid trailers because I like to watch trailers and also this fucking trailer played before everything for the last, like, couple months. Um, but, so I knew that... Or I should say, I, I mean, I was on the right track, but what I assumed is that the the whole thing is that all the personalities believe in this thing called the Beast, and then yeah. the big quote-unquote twist is that, like, it's actually going to be some sort of, like, demonic possession or something, and yeah. the, the Beast will be real, right? Like, that's—I I already knew that the Beast was going to be a real thing, and that's kind of where the—where um, this twist was going to be. Um, but the way they handle it, um, sort of building a world in which— um, your your per like you know like that line that that uh, personalities can can sort of change their DNA and 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 like the idea that he sort of builds this character and then actualizes it was a, was was really kind of compelling. Um, but it's like I I kind of I knew where it was going in that the beast would turn out to be real, and I kind of as it was happening, I was like, well, you're trying to stretch this out like it's a big build like build like it's gonna be like a crazy thing when he turns out to be really a demon. But at the end, having that had happened, um, in a sense, I was kinda like, Okay, well you did the thing that I thought you were gonna do and then just the reveal that it's in a world in which these like heroes and villains exist in more a more real context and that yeah. he then is sort of set up to be a big bad right like he he is kind of there as a thing that is now this force who is going to go into the world and try to be evil and try to uh potentially rid the um you know the apparently it's only women that he wants to kill but but like rid the the show like the people who have never had bad things happen to them like that suddenly twisted everything on its head and made me go like oh shit this is a different kind of twist this is the first time where like his constant like oh and then what if this is like saves the day um it kind of became a new thing where i was like oh shit like this is really really interesting now yeah uh and yeah and like and knowing that Obviously, this movie was set in the same universe. Like, seeing James McAvoy's character evolve was also like, a, oh, shit, because you're seeing... Because, like, then I started, you know, the gears started turning and the pieces started coming into place, and I was like, oh, shit, like, he's setting up, like, a new villain for this, you know, world. And I was like, this is this is awesome. Like, this is, like you know, this is some quality shit right here. Like, this is where, you know, uh, but even, even, you know, with that, 
thinking that I was like, well, how is, how is, you know, I still was kind of like, how are they going to, how, how is this going to come into play? And I think that the, the way that it ends is uh, completely satisfying to the fact, to the point where like the, the old lady who like sets up the (laughs) line for Bruce Willis, who looks like a, like a, someone left over from the happening like her delivery is so terrible but uh, it, it was pretty bad she's like oh my god it's just like that one guy the crazy guy in the wheelchair remember like 15 years ago crazy guy wheelchair what was his name what did they call him it was so like st- hilariously on the nose but it didn't even matter it was like the, once they cut to that scene and they've got the unbreakable uh, theme music kicking in, I was just like, oh, shit. It was basically like the equivalent of those like Key and Peele sketches where they all get super excited over the Liam Neeson's movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so it was like that. And, and um, yeah, I think that that was, uh, that was pretty awesome. I think anyone who was a fan of that movie, I mean, that's just, you couldn't ask for a better ending. And I, and I, and I admire the fact that they're able to keep this under wraps for for a while because they showed this movie back in like uh, like at AFI Fest in November and then and, and like at Toronto like a couple months before that. So people were uh, they're definitely keeping it under wraps. I mean, this is, this is basically like kind of like the the Mandarin reveal in Iron Man three where like that just came out of nowhere and you're like, whoa, like this is was not expecting that at all. Yeah. Um so that, you know, in today's day and age where like everything is usually spoiled like way beforehand, um, I I was happy to or I was impressed to see that like they he managed to keep that secret for as long as he did. Um and um well, now I don't remember what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like just the idea that this is, I mean, I, I think that Unbreakable is like one of the, is like the best, like modern superhero story, like the like movie, you know, that it, you know, for as much as I love the Nolan Batmans, it basically did what Nolan was trying to do with Batman like five years prior, you know, sorry haters i you know but a a bit like (laughs) like i feel like it did it it did that like grounded superhero thing like even better um but it's also you know still taking place in this like heightened world uh where people like have these powers and stuff so it's really cool um and m knight has confirmed that his next movie is gonna be the follow-up to this movie which is he he said that he he said that there will be a th- a third movie, is an unbreakable split, and then a third movie that ties both of the movies together. Uh, and he said he wants to make it next. So I mean, sure, please do. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I I think this has already made like four times what the budget was. Oh back. yeah, so it, I think it that, opened huge. Yeah, I think that as long as he's willing to keep it like a Blumhouse Productions then it should be totally fine, right? Yeah, because um, like I said, the budget was like uh, 9 to $10 million. And And it's weird because like I read on The Hollywood Reporter, they said that M. Night self-financed Split. Um, I know he self-financed The Visit, um, but like I couldn't find anywhere else that said that he self-financed this one. But 
whether or not he did, I mean, he definitely puts his money where his mouth is, or it's like, all right, you know, I want to have creative control, I'll just pay for it myself. And he goes off and does these little movies. Um, and I mean, especially for this movie, you reap the benefits because, yeah, like it opened, it opened like double the amount they thought it was going to. Um, so, yeah, that's that's good. And, you know, if they if they, you know, whether he decides to make this next movie on the same budget or they give him a little more, I mean, I think people will be interested enough for, you know, like the awareness is back. And obviously people are interested from before. So I think that it, you know, it would be enough to to warrant maybe a little more money, not like a crazy like, you know, 100 million dollar movie or something, but yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Um but there was something else I was going to say and and now I don't remember um Oh, well, there was, like, I feel like there was a lot, you know, there was a lot of stuff in this movie that was kind of, like, not callbacks, but they kind of, like, hinted at other of M. Night movies. Like, there was, um, uh, obviously, this is set in the universe of Unbreakable, but there was, like, like the shot, like the shot in Signs where, like, Mel Gibson rolls out the TV and you see the reflection of the alien in it. Um, like he did, he pulled that move again where like the reflection of the uncle is in the girl's eye and like there was, uh, like references to being like supernatural, like basically seeing dead people. Like there was references to like, (laughs) oh, like people can have like supernatural abilities. And then like James McAvoy talked about how I really like hot dogs, which was all that one dude could talk about in the happening. Um, so like there was a lot of, I did not catch that reference. (laughs) Um, so there was like a lot of like different things. And then the funniest was, uh, we briefly mentioned it before we started recording. Um, but we got to talk about, first of all, James McAvoy's love for Kanye West and then his dance moves that he performs (laughs) in this movie, which probably up there if not better than the Oscar Isaac dance moves in Ex Machina, just going to say. Um, but I, I found this, I found this to be funny. Someone pointed out online that, um, you know, he says he loves Kanye West. And then apparently there is a Kanye West song called through the wire, which has a lyric that goes unbreakable. What you thought they called me, Mr. Glass. (laughs) (laughs) So this is all connected. It's all the same. Oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> Mind explosion. Yeah, super huge. It's just a twist. on. It's like the inception of twists. It just keeps going. There's so many levels and layers. Yeah. Well, we can only hope that uh, M. Night is able to make his way back to reality and not get stuck in limbo. <laughs> right, yeah. Where he was like when he made the last airbender. <laughs> it does suck th- when it does suck when somebody makes a passion project and just fucks it up. <laughs> Cuz like there's no way. Yeah, that was like, even sadder that it was a passion project. 
Yeah, he's like, oh, I just really love this story, and I wanted to make this movie for my kids. Well, why'd you fuck it up so bad? But it was so bad. Like, uh. Oh, my gosh. Um, but I I did like the... Um, I did really like the music in this movie and the credits, like the opening credits and the ending that had all the, like, like layers of... They were trying to mimic the fact that it's like, oh, look... Oh yeah, there was like personalities. 20... <laughs> <laughs> it basically was like, oh, let's use the spider eye edit uh, or whatever in the credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whatever that's called. Um, but yeah, like the I those and those credits and the music and stuff that also felt very like De Palma ish, where it was just like like in your face, like big letters coming at you. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's all I got to talk about, Carson. <laughs> Etc. Cetera. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Yeah. Et Were you trying to escape, Etc.? Did you think it was a real window? <laughs> Do you get escape out of? Yeah. Take oh, this. Man, it's my walkie-talkie. That ending, though. Oh, and I also thought that, like, so, and this is another thing that M. Night is good at. I mean, this, obviously, like, the the ending before the uh, the little stinger, like, the ending of the actual storyline where, you know, so they rescue the girl and they find out that she's been held captive in, like, the ab- abandoned part of the zoo or something. Um, and, like, I feel like... Even that, like, you know, it wasn't a twist, but, like, the reveals of, like, oh, she was in a zoo, and, like, uh, the fact that James McAvoy thought the beasts, like, he he was basically hearing, like, the animals and shit, like, there was a lot, there was references to the animals, like, beforehand, and, like, the guy who was on the walkie-talkie, like, and it's all, like, he has, like, a very good knack for, like, setting up the reveal or the twist and then like when it plays out it's not like a thing where you gotta sit there and be like okay so that matches with that and it's you know that but but they did this so that you know there's you know it's not like there's all this like a lot of thinking it's all like oh there's that like it's all very clear you know what i mean I think that's, I think that's like a, I think most people feel like, oh, it's Shyamalan gimmicky twist, but it's like, I feel like it's almost harder to come up with something that's like that clear to the audience, you know what I mean? Instead of leaving it like kind of ambiguous. Uh, no, no, I guess, I guess I'm a little confused at at the, at what point you're trying to make. Well, you know, cause like at the end when, when you know, we realize she's in the zoo and there was all those references to the animals. And then like, we see the dude who was clearly on the walkie talkie and he pulls up his like orange headphones and he had made that reference to like, yo, you tell the guy about the (laughs) headphones, whatever, like give them back to me. Um, and you know, he just kind of like shows those things. Um, and it's all like, Oh, like that, like it all like clicks together. It's not like you have to sit there and like connect the dots and be like, Hmm, well that like, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's like, uh, you know, not to, not to get heated, but it is like at the end of inception, you know, you're kind of like, 
oh, like I get it, but then there's all these other things where it's like, well, that may or may not be, you know what I mean? Like it's you're kind of have to like <laughs> well, this, this sit and a, this, think like a longer <laughs> time, you know what I mean? Like you have to think more about yeah. it. There's more thinking involved. Like this is just like boom, it's like right there in front of you, and you're like, oh, like I see it, you know? It's like very yes. clear. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very it's a very simple story, and it's sort of like. I guess I'm just confused because, like, I was like, oh, why did they have to be – like, nothing about a zoo – like, it could have been a power station for um, – like, you know, he could have worked at, like, a – yeah, like a power plant or a sewerage yeah. system or, like, any of those things would have been fine. I guess just the idea of it being animals more leads to beasts and things like that. Right. Just continue, continuing, like, the just allusion to creatures that consume other things, Right. Um, right. Yeah. But but yeah, there's just not. It's not like it doesn't necessarily add anything. I guess is why I'm a little bit confused. At, well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, even in his other movies that do rely on like a twist, any like Sixth Sense or Unbreakable, and even like The Village, you know, like when they reveal the twist, it's all like right there, and you're like, oh, like why didn't I see that the whole time? It was like right in front of me. Yeah, um, yeah I gotcha. Yeah. So it's like it's very like, but I and I feel like that's almost. Like, he almost, like, why he got a lot of flack, too, is because it's, like, it almost, he made it just seem very easy, um, when in reality, it's probably, like I said, like, almost, it seems like it would almost be harder to come up with something that would be that, like, concise and clear. I don't know, like, it just, like, well, to, to well, really I, lay it out, you know? I, 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 I just, will, I feel like I there's will say a this, certain, though. Yeah. So, like, in, in a, as a negative to that same statement is, um, you know, we, we learned that McAvoy's character, um, or as the dentist dude, um, that he had been following these girls for, like, weeks in order to determine that they are, in fact, people who deserve to die because they are the, um, you know, the bratting kids that have never that have had everything given to them and never have had to experience anything bad in their lives. And that's why they deserve to die. And right. our, our lead character, um, you know, she's, she's lived through the witch and, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> she lived through and black she, Phillip <laughs> and, and she, she, you know, she had to deal with the, um, you know, growing up with the ab abusive uncle. Um, yeah. and that abuse makes her, um, sort of immune to, She's uh, tainted the, the, in his the, eyes. The need to die, yeah. Like, like yeah. she's a better person because she's gone through stuff. And while that in and of itself is interesting, it is sort of a, a uh, not a loophole, but it's it, it's like a, what am I thinking? Not, not a plot hole, not a loophole. It, it's, it's like a, it, it leads to, there is nothing, there's, not, there's no perception to, um, uh, to Kevin's personalities, right? Like in this world where he is the supervillain, and he has the ability to change his DNA, he can't actually perceive who's worthy of dying and who is not, right? Like, he was totally willing to kill this girl until he saw the, all the scars from, like, her hurting herself um, to yeah. deal with, with the uncle. And the fact that he was literally about to, like, maul her to death, but then was like, oh, oh, you, you, you cut. Oh, okay, cool, you can live then. Um, the, <laughs> you're, it's, you're interesting now. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Like, it, it's... There's a little bit of a weirdness to it, like why she would have not been spared in the first place because he didn't know that she was worthy of being killed, right? So there, yeah. there's just – there's little bits of weakness right there where it's like it, it feels cheap because I, I see the strings of M. Night trying to pull his normal thing. Um, 
and I'm I'm fine with it in the context of the overall story. I just the execution of it. It is sort of like yay, it's all there on screen, but also what's on screen is not. Uh, it's it, it's it's it, it could use a little bit deeper root to to show that the character understands more than just like this is a thing because it's the twist. I see the twist now. You live, right? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you know, that's just kind of comes down to like moviness, I guess. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't have a problem with that. Although, yeah, I mean, if you start pulling it apart, yeah, they're, they're like in that case, yes, there is some things there. But I like the idea that he kind of flipped and M. Knight said this in an interview, like he kind of flipped the whole idea of like, you know, if you're bad in horror movies, you die. Like, if you have sex, you die. If you do drugs, you die, or whatever, you know, that whole cliche. Um, but in this, it was the opposite. It's like, if you haven't done any of those and haven't lived your life or experienced pain or abuse or whatever, uh, then you, you're you the ones who die, you know? It was kind of an interesting, I guess, flip on that whole, like, cliche of, like, you know... Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. it is it is an interesting context to state that, like, when you go through horrible things, you become stronger from yeah. those. And that the the evolution of people is to become stronger through the bad things they experience. Um, but, but, yeah, it just, it wasn't perfectly ex- executed in a way that would, would make me praise it strictly for that <laughs> statement. But, um but yeah, I, I like I like the sentiment of it. I just didn't like the execution. I mean, I I was glad that they didn't have like an, a literal beast at the end of this movie, like a revelation that you know what I mean, like or that the reveal was that you know there was some kind of demonic possession or something. Because obviously, um, from seeing from seeing the trailer for the very first time, I was. That was my only concern was like, well, I hope there isn't an actual beast that shows up at the end or that he is like, you know, going to sacrifice these girls to, you know, or something Um, like. So I'm glad that that didn't it didn't go that way. And that's obviously uh, something that, you know, it's that's obviously one of the red herrings in the movie because you kind of it starts to go that way. But then you realize like, oh, it's something else entirely. So I was glad that they, you know, it wasn't like the beast wasn't this like actual beast he had like locked up or something or was trying was to it? like summon through a portal or whatever, you know. Did, didn't go full Babadook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'm I'm glad that, that that they didn't do that. They didn't go that route. Yeah. It I mean like the the route that they went is like so good. It's like the route that you would just like come up with off the top of your head. It's like, well, it'd be great if it was just, you know, he's a villain in the next unbreakable movie. Like that's just <laughs> something you would say to be like, you know what would make this movie better? Like, that's one of those things. Um and then it's like, oh shit, he actually did it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What should we call it? Call it a night. <laughs> I think we've I think we've covered all the bases on this one. All right. Well, uh, that is our review and our spoiler talk for Split. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that. Thank you, Carson, for joining me. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> Etc. Thank you, guys, all for listening. 
we've podcasted horrible things and we're going to podcast <laughs> horrible things some more. Etc. <laughs> Like you sound like Daffy Duck at the end. I know. I sound like Flutterall. Yeah, that wasn't my best. I'm not supposed to say. But he's done awful things to people, and he'll do awful things to you. 